Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Our team came together yesterday, and uh, they did a fantastic job ministering with love and compassion to all of the ones that were attending. And thank you, Alex, for taking a step of faith and showing up and letting God work in and through you on that. And uh, transformational, though, right? So we always used to tell our kids, obedience brings blessing, but it's so true. When you're obedient to what God says, it's amazing what he can accomplish. So we're getting our panel set up today, and uh, we're going to be continuing the conversation on essentials. Good morning, everyone. Essential habits, serving in the church. We had uh, Brian and Norman Marning with us at first service. In this service, we have Jarrett and Bethany. And as we get started for our panel today, I think it would be best if they just introduced themselves to you. You're an old pro at this now. <laughs> My name's Brian. Uh, I've been coming here for probably five years or so. I'm just nervous again. <laughs> you got this, Brian. I got better after the first service. You know, the second service. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm the head of the ushers ministry. I'm in the evangelism team and also the uh, hospitality and speaking of the hospitality, I don't, I'm a humble person, so I got to tell you, I make the best Kool-Aid. He does. I tested it yesterday. It was good. <laughs> no, that, and uh, oh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Helen. I have three adult kids and um, three grandkids. And, and what do you do here? Did you tell them what you do? Uh, what do Where I do? do you serve? Oh, but, uh, the ushering. Uh, don't we guys? Yeah. yeah. No, no. What does he do here? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the yeah, head usher. And oh, the, he said that? Okay, sorry, yeah. I missed it. And, and a quick shout-out. My bad. I just wanted you to say it again. Okay. I sure, if anybody's interested, <laughs> come see me after. Um, and also, a quick shout-out to, I have some friends possibly watching online. Hi, I'm up here. That's it. <laughs> All right, my name is Jarrett. Um, I'm married to... The beautiful Bethany here, which you probably see her up front most of the time. I like to be back there with those guys hanging out in that booth, hiding from all of you. Um, we have uh, three beautiful children who are growing up very fast in front of us, but uh, I help out back there. I help out in the youth. Um, but I'm gonna, just going to stop there. <laughs> Check. Okay. Um, hello, I'm Bethany. You usually see me up here. Um, singing, that's usually my wheelhouse. Give me a microphone to sing, I'm okay, but to talk is a whole different ballgame, so this is new for me, so bear with me. Um, so yes, I'm Bethany. I've been here my whole life. <laughs> my parents, who are sitting right there, um, were the music pastors years ago for many, many years, and so was I wasn't born in this church, but Pretty much. Uh, my mom pretty much almost delivered on stage. Her water broke <laughs> while she was playing the piano. <laughs> so 
I was just sent right into the nursery pretty much when uh, <laughs> I was in her, her womb. <laughs> but yeah, I've been here for a while. Grown up here, seen a lot of things, seeing a lot of people come and go. And uh, just a blessing to be a part of this house, to be a part of a family of God, and uh, just grateful. Yeah. Amen. Oh, sorry, and I serve, yeah, I serve in the music ministry, um, but I also serve in children's church. Thank you. So I'm thrilled to have uh, these young folks up here with me. And uh, we're going to be talking about serving in the church today. And I'm going to read first from 1 Corinthians 12 to set a foundation. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? And then if we go to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Can everyone say that? Who are you supposed to serve? Okay. So we want to start our conversation today with the concept of, you know, serving as worship. We, we have our worship team that leads us in worship. Uh, you know a little bit about that, Bethany. And, and then we go into our tithes and offering as we continue our worship, and then we have this corporate assembly. But how many know that when you serve, it's actually a way that we worship Christ? And, and even connected to that, uh, Pastor Larry with Des last couple weeks ago, they shared about serving in the community. It's your work is your worship, no matter where you get your paycheck from. Let's talk about serving as worship in the, in the local church. Um, so the church exists to worship God, to equip the saints, and to reach the lost. Um, and worship is always connected to sacrifice. So it's the giving of something that is valuable to you, that will cost you. Um, serving is an act of worship because we're, we are living sacrifices now, as it says in Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. If we think of worship just as um, coming to church, lifting up our hands, singing a few songs, then we've degraded worship to just a, rel a religious exercise. Uh, true worship is to be continually laying down our lives when God manifests his presence, we respond. That should be our natural response, right? Um, taking it back to in the tabernacle of Moses, you know, the presence of God was contained in the Ark of the Covenant. And in order to enter, you had to have the high priest, had to offer up their best goat or lamb to sacrifice in order to go in. You had to cleanse your hands before you went in. Now, by way of the cross, we have the Holy Spirit within us. We have his presence all the time. So we don't need to bring our, our lambs and our goats to church. Isn't that great? <laughs> um, but we are called to be a living sacrifice now with our time, uh, with our devotion, and um, almost our allegiance to him as an act of worship by serving and by doing. Um, 
if we love the body of Christ, then we, uh, it's not enough to just say that you love it, but you have to live that out with action, with a response, right? Um, there's always action involved. So ultimately what we serve is what we worship. So whatever you're passionate about, whatever you uh, put all of your energy and time to, that's going to be ultimately what you worship. And it's so, so easy to have idols in our lives. Um, but when you get a heavenly perspective, you begin to start um, realizing the mandate and the, the urgency and the need that is within the body of Christ. And so you serve and you, you fill a need, but you also are um, practicing that laying down of your life for the Lord. It's giving up of your plans and your expectations and your goals for life, but saying, Father, I'm here. I'm here to serve you. I love you. Lead me where you want to go, but it's that laying down of your life. Amen. Um, where was I going from here? Maybe I'll just stop. <laughs> Give somebody else a turn. <laughs> She's doing good, eh? Yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah, you're good? You're good? Okay. <laughs> doing great. When we serve others, um, uh, so what I did is I kind of took the notes that uh, Brian sent me and Jared Bethany, their comments, and then Norman Marnie's. And we put it into like a conversational format. So what happens is like in the conversation, like she may have wrote that portion, someone else might have wrote another portion, Norman Marnie aren't here, their portion, someone's going to talk. So it's going to be a little fun. And then sometimes what I do is I jump in the notes for time, like way down here, and then they have to try to follow me. Uh, so that just makes life exciting for them when they're up here on the panel with me. But when we serve others, it produces, you know, I got three things that I kind of heard consistently through the messaging, and it was... It produces maturity. It produces an opportunity for us to grow in our relationship with Christ, and it produces connection points with one another. And uh... Okay, I'm up. Um, yeah, there was a time when I came to church, and uh, I would, like, leave right after. I didn't really associate with many people. And along the way of serving, I met some of my best friends. Um, and when I first became a Christian, I, I guess I'll go here now. Um, someone said, now, now you're a Christian, you have to, like, serve. You have to, uh, once you do Sunday school. And I'm like, I don't know anything about the Bible. How can I teach Sunday school? And he said, well, that's the best time to, to teach the kids because you'll be learning along the way. As you're preparing and trying to teach the kids, you're learning the stories, right? So if you think you're, Jesus doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. So, so if you, if you think you can't do it, you can do it. You know, that's, that's, he called you to do it. So step out and serve. <laughs> what do you think, Jarrett? I want to say, what's the question? But I got it. <laughs> um, I think produce maturity. When I started serving in the church, I literally sat back there in that corner there. I can tell you the first time I ever served in this church. I sat back here, brought her to practice, sat there, listened. And uh, one Sunday, uh, we got this whole new lighting system. And John Hunt goes, hey, I need you to run this computer. That's how I got started serving in the church. There was a need, I just filled it. Um, how it grew me was, because I was definitely one of those guys who ran out the door right after. Now I, I like hanging out. I like talking. It's brought me from the light ministry into the youth where 
I've learned way more than I've ever anticipated and got involved in. So uh, for me, I've definitely matured a lot through just somebody asking me to fill a need. Um, but that's, that's where I started at the church now. I'm, I got my hands and everything, but that's just because I like doing it. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So, um, Brian, we were talking earlier, and, um, you know, uh, can you sing? Sing. No, but I heard he had a back problem first service. <laughs> so first service, he thought I said, sit like Marnie. <laughs> He sat up, and I was like, no, can you sing like Marty? Can you sing like Bethany? <laughs> no, I cannot <laughs> sing like Bethany, and I cannot play the drums or any musical instrument at all. I can't minister like Pastor RJ or the other minister staff we have here, but I can greet you at the door. Come on. Say good morning. I can do that. And, and I think you met some people when you started oh, serving. I did. So <laughs> serving in the church is a great way to connect. Um, some people will come to church and they'll, like I said, they'll leave right after and they don't, they don't, um, they don't talk to anybody. And they're wondering why no one's approaching them. Why is not nobody talking to me? Well, there comes a time where you have to be that one to step out and start initiating the conversation. Like, you, you don't have to just sit back and wait for someone to come to you. Um, sometimes you have to be that guy or girl. And, um, yeah, I think that was, uh, <laughs> That's good. that was it. Go ahead. So when Pastor RJ asked us to do this, I wrote, I started by not, well, I started by procrastinating because that's really what I'm really good at. Um, <laughs> most people know that I, save it to the last day, and then I come up with something. But um, so I started just writing everything out that I knew about serving. Um, and then I just thought, well, why do I serve in the church? Or why do most people serve in the church? And I came up with seven things. And trust me, there's one in there that it's just my thought. Um, but anyways, most of us probably serve in the community or in, this, in the church to gain a relationship or gain community, as in friendships or stuff like that. I can say the uh, same thing as Brian said. I met some of my closest friends now through serving. Some of these people I would have never met if I didn't join a certain ministry or just start helping out. Most of the time, I just sit back there and say hi to everybody, and I maybe remember to hit the like button at the right time. But um, maybe, maybe for the most sometimes. part, <laughs> um, I enjoy just hanging out and watching you guys walk in, shaking your hands and saying hello. The other thing that I thought of was, um, well, this one's the one that it's just me. Someone made me do it. Um, <laughs> number three was to grow my relationship with Christ. If you're in a situation, I was brought up, if you put yourself in a good situation, you're going to learn from that situation. So if you're in the church, you're probably going to get something out of it, even if you're not really paying attention. I'm speaking from, I talk to the youth. So just remember, you're, I'm not treating you as youth. I'm just putting in the words that the youth would understand. Um, number four, serving's fun. I have a great time with those guys back there. Um, number five, this is the one that I think you should highlight, but um, 
helps people discover their purpose or their fulfillment in their life is uh, one of the main reasons I think a lot of us serve. Um, to use your skills, talents, gifts that uh, the Spirit's given you. And uh, out of obedience to the word, um, we've shared a lot. Of, there's a bunch of scripture. As you said, first service, you were surprised at how many scriptures are there. But yeah, there's a lot of scripture about serving in the church. And if the Bible says to do it, we should probably do it. So We should just do it. Galatians 5.13 in the Amplified. For you, my brothers, and si- my brothers were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, and selfishness, but through love, serve and seek the best for one another. You know, that doesn't mean that serving is not without challenge. Does anyone want to comment on some of the challenges we encounter while we're serving? All right, with serving comes hanging out with people. (laughs) The biggest challenge in serving is probably people that maybe you don't see eye to eye with. So there becomes offenses and stuff like that. But... If you are a tight-knit group, which, you know, it happens, somebody says something, you don't totally agree with that, but at the end of the day, you all got to remember that you have one goal, and that's to grow the kingdom and keep going. So, yes, you go home, you think about it, and you probably get angry about it. So the next thing you got to do is pray about it, ask for forgiveness, and start over. But um, for the most part, yes, serving, you it's people. We're all not perfect, and we all got to deal with each other, so... Um, Yes, you're going to get offended. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to happen. And, and Des was talking about that a couple of weeks ago, or maybe even on the encounter. He was just talking about how where else can you join with a group of people and offend them so that they can forgive you, so that you can offend them again, so that they can forgive you again. But isn't that how we grow to maturity in the faith? Isn't that how maturity happens in relationships when there's offense and forgiveness, when there's disagreement and then you come to unity and you find yourself praying for people and encouraging people and forgiving people and trying to work towards unity? I will say, uh, too, serving definitely humbles you. There's lots of opportunities where, you know, you can think that, well, it's going to be this way. And then there are so many perspectives in the body of Christ. And so when you are... Um, rubbing elbows with people and, you know, doing everything. Uh, Iron sharpens iron, as Marnie had put it this morning. Um, We're refining each other, too, and we're all, you know, working together towards one common goal. So I think um, not getting uh, ahead of yourself with your own um, feelings or emotions, we just, uh, we lay all that down and we continue and press on. Amen? You know, I'm going to throw something at you guys here that's not in the notes, so this is always fun. Uh, there's lots of growth opportunity when you're serving, for instance, and uh, Bethany, it doesn't happen very often, but have you ever missed a note when you were singing or misquoted a song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it happens on occasion? Yep. But what, what do you do? You just roll with it. You go. You keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's a learning opportunity, right? Jared, yeah. have you ever hit the wrong button on the lights? <laughs> you know what? I'm standing up here Big in the middle one. of the message, and all of a sudden it goes dark. <laughs> Jared's like, oops. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no. But, but what do you do in those moments? Uh, well, you know, there's grace. Um, oh, absolutely. There's you staring at me over there going, what did you just do? <laughs> oh, um, come on. <laughs> 
and then you usually crack a joke at me. I got big shoulders. I can take jokes. But for the most part, it's a mistake, and you got to you know, own up to your mistake and move on. Um, I think better off there is when we do summer camps with the youth and just learning from, you know, being the person that's in charge of all the people, but learning from, okay, that didn't work this year. That that was this. These people can do this. It's it's learning that way, or you made a mistake and somebody actually had a better idea than you. Um, trust me, it is humbling to be the head of something, and it's also humbling to be somebody back there too, especially when you make a mistake and everybody can see it. Um, I, I do it too. You know, the middle of the message, I forget what I'm about to say, and I'm standing here scratching my head going, what was I going to say? And everyone's looking at me like, really? <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, right? But, but the thing is, if you're serving and taking the gift that God's given, you're activating it, you know, there's always these growth opportunities. I mean, you talked about humility. Those moments keep us humble, and um, they, they really help us, right, in our development. But did anyone say, you are the weakest link, Goodbye. We don't, we don't operate that way, right? We just say, okay, let's make it better for next We're time. We're not allowed to cancel people. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't do that. <laughs> not normally. <laughs> but see, you, you work, you grow as, as individuals, you grow together, and your team, you work together as a team that way. Did you want to add anything to that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> you can say no. <laughs> All, all I'm going to say is, it, it, just even being up here, I had some friends saying, don't worry if you mess up. You're with all your family, and they're loving, right? So I have nothing to worry about. We, we, all, we all make mistakes, and we all learn from them, and we just move forward. And we have a, all you people are so encouraging that, yeah, it's all good. So, Yeah, it works out. And then... Um, Marnie had, had wrote this down, and I'm just going to read it for all of you. She was talking about the church is the earthly representation of Christ's love. The body of Christ is our family, and the people who support us in difficult times rejoice with us in our successes and consistently lead us towards Jesus. So why don't we find it easy, why do we find it easy to neglect our church, the God-given source of support where he wants us to connect and serve? And then she continued by saying, pouring into the local church should be an automatic reaction or response, first because we love Jesus and his people, next because we want to give back to a house where we're also served, loved, fed, and can grow. We're equipped, right? Uh, does anyone want to comment on that before I go to motivation? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think so. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I want to say is some people some people come to church to be served, and I sometimes I used to think that people sitting there not doing anything they're they're selfish, but it's serving. I found that I'm the selfish one because of all the blessings I get from serving. That if you when you're not serving, I feel you're missing out. Um, <laughs> here's one: we can serve without loving God, right? But we cannot love God without serving others. So. Mm -hmm. and, and then we move on to motivation. When you do serve, is it to be approved and accepted by others or approved and accepted by God? We know that it's absolutely not. What do we do? We pursue humility and we let Jesus be an example to us of how to serve others, not to be served 
you know, Mark 9, 35, he sat down and called the 12 and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. So on that note, you know, we know that serving doesn't save us, but let's have a conversation around, around that and, and tie in the, the good works and the good deeds from James chapter 2, 14, if you like. Am I up again? It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, I got, I got something. So Jesus, Jesus, when he was writing to the Jewish Christians that, um, who were raised to have good works, before Jesus came, he, and he showed us a perfect example of how he serves. Um, the Jewish Christians used to think you can get there by, by your good works. Am I saying this right? Maybe you have to forgive me. Uh, hold on. Um, oh, you're sa- oh, yeah. Saved by grace through faith. They thought they only had to claim to have faith, right? Am I back on track? Yeah, you're okay. doing great. Okay. <laughs> but what good is faith that has no works that goes with it? See, James is not saying that you have to have good works in order to, to be right with God. James is saying that true faith produces good works. And people who claim to have faith but show no fruits don't have real faith. Um, all talk and no walk. And some people think they are right with God just by saying a prayer. But the real proof is how you live your life after you said you've met God. Bethany, you look like you had something to say. Jarrett did? I'll just read the scripture that goes with that. That's what I'm going to go with. All right, James 2, 14, 26. It says, uh, what, good it, what, it, what good is it, dear brother and sister, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions, can that, uh, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose, uh, suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no clothes, or, sorry, no food or, or clothes, and say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat. I would say good luck. Um, well, but then uh, you don't give you don't give that person any food or clothes. What good does that? What good does that? Uh, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it is uh, unless it produces good deeds. It is it is deed and I'm sorry. It is deed and useless. Now, someone may argue. Uh, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show your faith if you don't have good deeds? Uh, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Uh, you, say, you say you have faith uh, you, for, for you believe that there is one God. Uh, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see the faith without good deeds is useless? Uh, the last part here. Uh, don't you remember that our ancestor Abra- our Abraham has shown to be right with God by his actions when he offers his son Isaac on the altar? You see his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete, and his and so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God count, uh, counted 
counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called, he was even called the friend of God. So you see, uh, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. I'm going to stop there because I like that part. So James gives us a really good example of this, that, you know, faith justifies you before God, but your works are what you use to justify your faith, right? The works don't save us, but they're a natural byproduct of what's, what's happening. And that, that leads us down to, you know, um, generational serving. And uh, actually, it's really funny how this generational serving portion came together, um, I'll let Bethany talk about that. <laughs> I sent my notes to Pastor RJ, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use um, Proverbs 26. But I had sent him Psalms 22, 6. <laughs> He's I'll like, where are, you, where are you going with this? Yeah, I, I couldn't. I was looking, and I was like, after about an hour and a half, I'm like, I don't know where she's going with this. Uh, oh, Psalms I am but a worm, not I am a, a worm and not a man. I'm, I'm scorned like, and despised <laughs> by all. <laughs> So I messaged her back and said, did you mean Proverbs by chance? I was like, yes, that's what I meant. That's where I was going with it. Which says... Which says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he shall not depart from it. Everybody's heard that scripture before. Um, and it is so, so true uh, to start training our children when they're young, because when they're old, then they reflect back on it. A, a little example of this, kind of a funny story... I was in my kitchen just cleaning a few months back, and I randomly thought of a song um, that <laughs> Jared and I actually did on the stage, like, years ago. We had flags, we had face paint, we had everything. Does anybody remember the song, I Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb? Anybody? Yes. No? Maybe not. That's going back in time. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. With all my strength, with all I am, I will seek to honor his command. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Anyways, it goes on and on. That's a little more where I'm comfortable, right? <laughs> Anyways, and I just started crying in my kitchen because I was like, as a kid, I did not fully have a revelation of the Lord, and I did not understand everything. I still do not understand everything, by the way. Um, but you mature in faith, right? And I remember singing that song, and then as, like, grade five students or whatever we were when we were younger, we always used to make fun of it. Hey, remember when we did that stupid song in front of the church and waved our flags, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we didn't understand those lyrics, but then... Here I am in my kitchen years later remembering those lyrics, and it made me cry because I'm like, God, I learned that as a child, and now here I am remembering it later and going over those words, and I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Um, we're here to serve the Lord. We're here to devote our lives to him, and um, I just had a moment <laughs> in my kitchen. But going back to the importance of training up a child in the way you should go giving children truth when they're younger is so important. But also, um, along with the word, is the action part of it, the modeling of that for them. How do you model love for the Lord? You, you have to do something. You can't just say, 
children, you should love the Lord, go serve. You know what I mean? You, you also have to do that. If I think about, um, you know, the many families that have come and gone throughout the years, um, it blesses my heart to see uh, some of the families still around and seeing their children also plugged in and serving. It's because the parents did it first. The parents were in there showing up, serving, and doing the work. And then the children see that. The, the children watch you whether they're three or whether they're 33. They're still watching you. And it is never too late to jump in and start serving and think, well, none of my kids are serving the Lord. It starts with you. It starts with the parents. Model that and pray for your children. And don't cease praying for your children. My parents often will come to me saying, well, we prayed for you today. Didn't you just tell me that this week, Dad? So bring your kids along with you to church. And if they come kicking and screaming, that's fine. <laughs> bring them anyway. Um, because it is so, so important to get the truth in while they're young so that they won't depart from it. But also, too, if you model serving, that will continue in their lives, hopefully. And I hope and pray that, you know, our children will do the same. But um, it is so, so important. And we kind of get caught up in all the things and all the craziness of life. And as a mom, trust me, I've been there. It is very hard to get your kids out the door to go anywhere. <laughs> Where's your socks? Where's your hat? Where's your coat? You have to organize everything, right? So it is a lot of work. It takes intentional uh, prep work. But um, it's so, so important to do. And I encourage you, I encourage you to, uh, to serve to serve alongside with your children. If you have somewhere to be, if you have older teens, even just older, like eight and up or whatever, bring your kids along with you. A lot of the times, Jared will have to go, uh, if he's coming here to fix something at the church, he'll bring along our oldest child, and and he's just slowly starting to learn the ropes now. He's like kind of getting interested in lights, <laughs> kind of getting interested in sound, and Ben's doing this at the back, woo plug for this sound team. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's important. And don't think that, um, because maybe you didn't do it early on that it's too late. It is never too late to start serving the Lord. Amen. So just before she talks to her, is, is there a chance or a very low chance that you're going to sing, I pledge allegiance to the lamb and you're going to bring out the flag and do a, do an encore? I could probably still do it. <laughs> he had a very stoic face waving that flag. Uh, I had the easiest job. They gave me the biggest one because I was the biggest kid. And I to do it. <laughs> but, uh, let's hope not. <laughs> go, go ahead, Jared. That? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Going back to the beginning, like the beginning of, script, or beginning of Scripture, um, you know, some, a lot of us think we don't have anything to give. Um, we don't know where we fit in. We don't, like a lot of people that get discouraged from serving um, because they're not sure that they can, they can do what some of us can do. I can't sing, just so you know. So I won't be up here. Um, I don't, I'm with Brian. I've I don't do. <laughs> uh, but I can do that job over there. Um, just because I can do that job doesn't mean we can't show you how to do that job. What I'm trying to say is, God gave you all spiritual gifts, gifts in something, um, or somehow something to use. 
Don't be afraid to get out there and use them. Uh, as small as you think it is, it might be a big part of our church. Um, our church is a body. We all ha- we're all part of it in some way, shape, or form. And basically, we need everybody to pull along. I always look at serving as everybody's pulling a rope to get to a goal um, or to win a, well, I would put it as win tug of war. But um, like I was saying, every no matter how small you think your gift is, bring it to the church. Um, I know we have a team that's responsible for getting you hooked into the right direction and let them help you with that. Maybe they're going to put you in a very uncomfortable spot, which is where I'm at right now. But, you know, hop in there, um, you know, step out. Uh, the youth, all the youth will tell you I'm very good at putting them in a very uncomfortable spot often. Um, but they, some succeed, some don't. But some, the ones that don't always come back and say thank you because you, you put me somewhere that I grew. So um, and some, I'm going to put a plug out for the tech team. Yes, we need people back there. Um, we got soccer starting up. They need people out there to just coach, referee, or just hang out and pick up garbage. Um, but yeah, hook in, hook in small. Start small and go big. I don't know. That's where I would go. I just want to add to, um, as Des was saying last week, God has a role for you. Sometimes we think of like, we walk in the church and we see, okay, there's a worship team, there's an ushers team, and there's, you know, probably a cleaning team. Um, but there is no difference between somebody scrubbing a toilet and somebody up on stage. There is no difference because whatever you do, you do it unto the Lord. Um, and the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So there is much work to be done in a sense, and there's not many workers, but we pray to the Lord and we ask for more, and then they come. So part of that is just us stepping out. And if you're uncomfortable feeling like, well, I don't know what to do, like I don't know what skills I have, God has a role for you. And you just find that out more and more the more you step out. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but you, the word volunteer is not in the Bible. You don't find anywhere in the Bible that says volunteer. It says we are called to serve. And sometimes if you look at it as a volunteer, you look at it as you can get tired. But when you're doing God's work, he gives you that extra bit of strength, right? He gives you that little bit of extra energy because you're not doing it for yourself. You're not, you're not it's all about me. You're doing it for him, right? So you got to look at it. It's all perspective. You think, oh, i got to volunteer. You know, who are you volunteering? You're serving. You're serving the God that... We all love. I mean, he gave us life, right? I mean, the least we can do is what he, he's called us to do. Um, uh, oh, a humble servant's heart. So if you're too big for the small things, then you're going to be too small for the big things. So. Boy, Brian, you're preaching today. <laughs> Do you have something else? I got one last thing. Yeah, um, you know, we've been going through this whole process or learning about our church, local church, and stuff like that. Just remember, the church is not just this building. It's also where you're at. It's at your house. If you're called to be a good dad, good mom, make sure you're a good dad, you're a good mom. If you're called to be a good brother and sister, do that too. It's also at your workplace. So just remember, it's not just the church. It's wherever you're walking out and uh, 
the body of church is not just this place, it's everybody in the place. So just remember that. So these three have come up here today with us. It's not their wheelhouse. In other words, I think all three of you are a little bit uncomfortable sitting here having this conversation. You're a little, you're doing a little better now than you were at the beginning, right? Uh, Brian likes ushering and directing traffic, ushers, you know, people and getting things and keeping order in the services and does a fantastic job with that. Jarrett likes working with the tech and the lights and, and he's a wizard with that um, and the electrical stuff. And Bethany likes to use her voice, you know, as, as, as a gift to be a blessing to people. That's their happy place, right? Um, sometimes you start there and then you develop over time. Other times you start over here and God will direct you over time to get you where he wants you to. But I appreciate you guys stepping out in faith and coming up here with me today because it added value to the conversation. But I want you all to see and to know and to understand that it's us, the body of Christ, coming together, serving together, that's going to accomplish God's mission and assignment that he's placed on our local congregation. And we can add value and we can add leadership um, wherever we go. And we will do our best on the leadership side to equip you and give you the tools and to challenge you with the word of God so that you can continue to grow and mature. And um, from there, you know, we let God accomplish what God wants to accomplish, but, but we want to see people come to know Jesus. We want to see more Christ followers. We want to see more people in the community of faith, right? And uh, let's, let's stand together. So, Father, as we your people today. We're together in your presence. We've lifted up holy hands in worship and we've discussed scripture and had conversation about your word. I thank you that your word is live and powerful and as each person has shared today from their heart, Lord, I thank you that seed has gone forth and it's being sown and it's going to produce much fruit. And Lord, today at the table, we look at the bread and your broken body, God, for healing, for freedom. You took our place on the cross. Lord, even for the youth and adults who came on the encounter this weekend, Lord, that you're going to not let the enemy steal the fruit that they obtained. But Lord, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go deep into their heart and produce fruit for generations to come. Lord, we know you've got a good plan for us, for this local body of believers. But we want to see Jesus lifted high, and we want to see the lost come to know you. So today, as we come to the table, Lord, we remember your sacrifice. In Jesus' name. Lord, the cup, the blood of the new covenant, powerful, the blood of Jesus, paid the price of our sin. Today, Father, I thank you that we, the redeemed, we, the forgiven, can also forgive, that we can stand boldly in your presence. And Lord, as we make conscious decisions to serve humanity that you died for, 
like you served, we will serve. Lord, I thank you that this group of people that's listening will have the humility, the courage to serve humanity with everything within them. And that they'll leave it all on the table, God, for you, living for you and dying for you. So Father, I thank you that as our hearts are pure and our motives are pure, as we've forgiven and received and released forgiveness, that we can partake expecting you to deliver us from the curse, to deliver us from sin, and to bring more unity within our local church in the name of Jesus. honey on how the Lord has moved in this house yesterday and the the lives are going to be changed because of the encounter. Yeah, I noticed you didn't go to Men Alive yesterday. That's obviously why, right? It was canceled. Yeah. Why do you go to Men Alive? A lot of men go to Men Alive because they want to go deeper in God. Other men go because there's a real true spirit of of brotherhood there and then there's tremendous wealth in the quality of the materials that we go through series that the leadership bring to us so it's very powerful yes yeah but i asked you why do you go to men alive ah why do i go to men alive sometimes i men alive but the part i really love is that they let me hold the microphone and if i was a rich man Da 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 da. da, da. If I was a wealthy. Steve, what? Your wealth, your richness is not found in all that. It's in serving in the church, serving the community. Service. Service. Yes, honey. Service. Serving, not singing, sweetheart. Yeah, it's not my gift. No, her gift, not yours. So, so our benediction today is taken from Psalm 133. Windsor Christian Fellowship, behold how good and how pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. Serving. It's where God pours out the blessing. It's like the oil that flowed down upon the beard and the cloak of Aaron. It's where, it's, it's like the, the dew that falls on the mountain Hermon that waters the hills of Israel. But it is where God commands the blessing. Life everlasting. Amen. Wow. Church. That's what it's all about, our family. So, Windsor Christian Fellowship, you have been prepared. Go. Be. Carves out highways through the sea.